You're listening to the Unpacking It Live podcast, presented by MetaShare. Each week, Bryce, Luke, and Henry unpack sports, faith, and life with the goal of challenging, encouraging, and inspiring you to follow Jesus and become more like Him. Now, from Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here's your host, Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It Live podcast presented by MetaShare. I'm Bryce Johnson. For the next hour or so, we will unpack sports, faith, and life with you and the Unpacking It community of sports fans. Thanks, everybody, listening on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Thanks to all of our podcast listeners that listen later. We appreciate all of you. We are glad to be back on this Monday. Last men- Monday, we had a tremendous unpacking at golf tournament, the uh, the seventh annual. It was a beautiful day, tremendously uh, uh, received and, and just enjoyable in every way. And so thank you uh, to all of our supporters and, and praise God for a, a wonderful event. Uh, so important for our ministry as it allows us to raise money uh, at that tournament to, to allow us to do what we do. And so we thank you that we get to do this podcast on Mondays, uh, the devotional that goes out Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We've got a good one for you coming out today, and we will talk about that topic on today's show. It, it's all about the difference between teams that won and lost yesterday and the difference in our own lives. And, and so we will look at that parallel and unpack uh, what the Bible has to say today. But wow, what a wild football weekend, and it seems like it's every Monday that's the case, but yesterday especially, what jumps out to me, the quarterbacks that are leading their team to victory. You mean Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady? No, 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 no. Not Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. P.J. Walker, Taylor Heineke, Geno Smith, Zach Wilson, Ryan Tannehill, These are your winning quarterbacks. It's absolutely remarkable and head-scratching at times. What's wrong with Aaron Rodgers? What's wrong with Tom Brady? Did anybody see this coming with Tom Brady? I I don't know. Anybody? Anybody? We'll talk about that. You better believe it. Uh, But before we say hello to to Luke, uh, I do want to thank our presenting sponsor, MediShare. MediShare is a biblical, affordable alternative to health insurance. Members of MediShare save up to 50% or more per month on their healthcare costs. They say a typical family saves up to $500 per month, and they are the nation's largest healthcare sharing community with a proven track record of almost 30 years. And plus, in addition to saving hundreds per month, telehealth and telebehavioral counseling are included with membership. And so take two minutes, see how much you can save, Go investigate for yourself and your family. MetaShare.com slash unpacking it. MetaShare.com slash unpacking it. All right. So this past week, the Carolina Panthers traded away Christian McCaffrey. The sky was falling here at Carolina. All right. CMC's gone. Now we'll gear up for a top draft pick. We'll we'll watch some losing uh, games the rest of the way. I was offered tickets to Sunday's game. No thanks. I'm good. And what happens? The Panthers roll out Chuba Hubbard and Donta Foreman and P.J. Walker. uh, D.J. Moore finally catches a pass. It's in the end zone. 
and the Panthers beat the Bucs, and the Bucs are unraveling. The NFC South is now wide open. It's not very good. The Saints lost on Thursday night. Atlanta got blown out yesterday by Cincinnati. How about Joe Burrow and the Bengals? Now they're rocking and rolling. Let's say hello to Luke. Luke's Cowboys come back from the loss to Philly. They get the win and, and looked impressive, especially that defense continues to dominate. The running game is solid. The one-two punch with both those guys. Dak is back out there. Luke, how you doing? What a weekend. It's hard to know even where to begin, but I'm wearing my Panthers gear today. We got the Panthers light lit up. There is hope <laughs> here in Charlotte. The Panthers, the, it's good to see the Panthers light on. I will say I'm wearing my Mavs shirt, so I know we're going heavy football. It's raining here in Fort Worth, but it is not raining on the Little Mavericks. One and one, statement win over the fearful Memphis Grizzlies. Stephen A. Smith's MVP, John Morant. You know what Luca thought of that? Uh, not much. <laughs> I'll go, I'll put up 20 in the first quarter. How about that? Win by 30, feeling great. And I, you do deserve props. Uh, you, you were the lone voice talking about the depravity of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And you are finally vindicated because <laughs> it, it looks bad from many perspectives, coaching, quarterback play, off the field issues, injuries. It's a, it's a disaster. The Panthers are two and five and they're one game back in the division. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. The yeah. division on the line. So <laughs> the, the big debate, and, and this goes across the, the NFL. I'm looking at it from a, from a Panthers perspective, but the, this whole concept of, you know, wanting your team to lose to get a top pick, or if there's a glimmer of hope to win the division or, or make the playoffs, do you go for it? Even though you, you know you're not a Super Bowl contender, and there's there's no getting around that. There's no way that the Panthers, even if everything went perfectly, there's no way they're beating the Bills or the Chiefs or the Eagles or the Cowboys, for that matter. You know, there's no way. But you look at the NFC South, Atlanta, New Orleans, Tampa Bay, absolutely. You look at the schedule the rest of the way, there are some winnable games. You know, Seattle's winnable. The Colts, we got to talk about the Colts today. They're now starting Sam Ellinger. Uh, Ellinger, uh, and, and, and so I, I'm, I was so frustrated yesterday with Matt Ryan and the Colts and really Matt Ryan, this whole season, he had like one big game, I guess it was last week, but the He's Colts more, picks, more picks than touchdowns. It, it, it's been ugly. And you know, a lot of people wonder, and I texted you yesterday, you and Henry, we were talking about the Colts game. It's like, Oh, what's going on with the Colts? It's Matt Ryan. It was, it was a Matt Ryan problem. And I was wrong. I thought he was going to fit in nicely. I thought it was a great you know, move for them to get him, but uh, but not not looking good there. So he's out. And so again, it's this whole theme of these surprising quarterbacks who are out there and and the great quarterbacks that we're so used to seeing play awesome struggle. And now it's been a downfall for for Matt Ryan, no question about it. But to see Tom Brady play this bad and and not have the Tom Brady magic. Like even yesterday, you know, there was still a glimmer of hope. For, for the Bucs to maybe make a comeback or something. And you think against the lowly Panthers, that was absolutely possible. But no, the Panthers' defense was too good, and Brady just doesn't have the – they're not in sync. You see Mike Evans you know, drop a wide-open touchdown or a catch that he would have run into the, touch, uh, into the end zone, drops that, and that was sort of a – that summed up the whole day for, for the Bucs. They're, they're not on the yeah. same page. Well, I mean, it's – 
with seeing Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady lose and the way this season's gone, both three and four, also correction, Matt Ryan is equal touchdowns and interceptions. Had to fact check that. Nine and nine on the season. Tough start. But the Packers lost to Washington, which is, I mean, that's as bad as it gets. It's a disaster in Washington. And unfortunately, it's been a disaster in Carolina. They have, they officially launched the rebuild, firing their coach. You guys fired your coach, traded your best player, and win convincingly. Like, it's not like Brady and Rodgers went out there, oh, yeah, really good team and just struggled. Arguably the two worst, two of the worst teams in the NFL at this point in the season. And they, they didn't really have a chance. Green Bay made it a game late, but I mean, it's, is it over? We were texting yesterday. Can we just end it? I don't want these quarterbacks to leave with a bad taste in our mouths as fans. I mean, their era is done. It looks so bad. Can we just can we just end it? Just hang it up, please. Uh, well, you can't do it midway through the season, so you got to keep fighting. You got to finish. You got to at least try to finish strong. But it does seem things in Tampa Bay. I, I don't see them fixing it in Green Bay. I still I feel like there's still a chance. You still get to play the Bears and the Lions, and and so there's still some hope. I think in Green Bay. Uh, I guess you could make that case in Tampa, too. You get to play the, the Falcons Kaz, and the Saints. Uh, well, Kaz just left a great comment on Facebook. He said, speaking of QB ratios, he see, he saw a stat. Russell Wilson has more bathrooms in his house than touchdown passes through five games of the season. Oh, uh, it's it's <laughs> not good. Not good for Denver. Not good for Denver. They lose without Russell Wilson. Oh, so, uh, tough to be a veteran more- quarterback this year. It just looked grim across the board. Is there a – I may be forgetting. Is there a veteran quarterback – that's playing well, like uh, like no, an older much, like an older age Gino veteran. Smith is still, you consider him a younger younger quarterback. But no, Matthew Stafford struggling. I know everyone. So, I mean, Jared Goff, not so Ooh. much. He's still probably young. Um, Carson Wentz was struggling when he was out there. I mean, these are these aren't even true true long time veteran players. But Goodness. but yeah, I mean, we really we're seeing great quarterback play out of my. Holmes and Josh Allen, of course, those guys look great. Tua looked pretty good last night coming back. Uh, Dolphins getting the win uh, with him. But uh, it is it is very concerning with, with the old QB guard uh, struggling. But I just can't get over that a, a guy like Geno Smith, who everybody wrote off, is now winning in Seattle. And, and even Jimmy G. I mean, they lost yesterday to the Chiefs. But, but the 49ers are going to be in the mix this year. And we kind of wrote him off. And and so, and even even Tannehill in Tennessee, I know I wrote him off, especially after last oh, year's big time. playoff run. Yeah. And and he's not playing great. Trust me, he's not playing great. The Colts kind of beat themselves yesterday. But Tannehill is still on the winning side of, yes. he, they've won a few in a row now. I think they won four in a row. There's so something to be said run. for the game manager. Don't make mistakes. Move the ball. Oversee the offense. And because you're right, outside of of Josh Allen and Mahomes, who and are, uh, I I struggle to I struggle to include Hurts, <laughs> and I, he has not had to do anything uh, meaningful with his arm. He I, he's more a game manager and then uses his legs well. But sure, but outside of that, it's can your quarterback just manage the offense, and then can your defense play well? I mean, that's what the Cowboys are doing. That's what the Niners have done. So I'll tell you what, though. The Niners, 
they make the playoffs, that's a scary opponent to see with how much talent they have. They get they bring their injured players back on the defensive side of the ball. Who's dominating without some of their best players? McCaffrey learns the playbook. I mean, goodness, a dangerous team. Well, well, let's go back to that trade because that that is a a monster trade in the NFL to see you know arguably the best running back in the league go to offensive weapon uh, maybe a, a a team that was you know a game away from the Super Bowl last year. Um, so. I, here's here's my here here's how I feel about it. As a Panthers fan, I understood that it made sense to trade an older running back if you're not going to win the Super Bowl in the next you know this year or in the next couple of years. And so for San Francisco to go get a weapon for now, they're playing to win now. They've they've got the pieces in place like you talked about. Uh, willing to give up a couple couple of picks from San Francisco's standpoint, yeah, it was worth it. And then for the Panthers. Yeah, you, you're able to capitalize on on more draft assets. Yep. And I think the, the biggest emotion that I felt last week was disappointment that the Panthers weren't able to make the most of Christian McCaffrey's career. Now, part mm-hmm. of that was, you know, his own injuries and that's part of the game. But you, you think, man, you get one of the great talents to ever, you know, come into the NFL. And I don't know yeah, if he's got yeah. a Hall of Fame resume yet, but but man, just an unbelievable talent. Yeah. And then you just you look at the end of his tenure and you go, ah, that was that was disappointing. That was a letdown. Now the trade was fine. I think it made sense for both sides. And, it's a win-win. and so a win-win. I, and I'm, I'm I'm happy for Christian McCaffrey too, because he gets to go back to you know a place that he's familiar with and the connection with Kyle Shanahan. That's a win for him. So I'm yeah. I'm happy for him because all he did, he was great here. I met him this summer, had a great conversation with him. I like him. I root yeah. for him. I'll continue to root for him. Didn't put your arm around football. him though. I did not put my arm around him. Now, now I regret it. That was my last chance. My last yeah. chance. You know, you know. So I got a picture with Chris Berman on Friday. Uh, he was in Charlotte, and I did put my arm around Chris Berman. So Berman, I, I took your advice. I took your advice, and I, I did do that. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm an arm around guy. So here is what I love about the Christian McCaffrey trade, and it has nothing to do with on-field production. As a sports fan, we've talked about this. You, when I interned in Charlotte with you a few years ago, you told me the NBA is a transactional league. And I'd never heard that before. And I was like, you know what? You're right. It's an 82-game season, maybe 72. I don't know if they've changed it. But they play a lot of games. Oh, yeah, 72 for COVID. And so much excitement in the NBA is player movement. Players, as a sports fan, to see a player, a premier player in a new uniform is so exciting. To be able to <laughs> see that. The NFL, you never get that. You you really draft your players. There's hardly that many big-time trades. They're transactionally, very boring. The NBA is very exciting transactionally. Players move. It's so exciting. To see Christian McCaffrey, one of the best talents in the NFL offensively, in a new uniform is so cool to see him in the gold Niners helmet, new Jersey, new number. Oh, as a, as an impartial as a fan, I don't know if Pan, how Panthers fans feel about it, but from a Cowboys fan to see a great player in a new uniform is just really cool. It, it just makes you feel like a kid, like a kid sports fan. Cause it's just so interesting. Exciting. Uh, yeah, no, we still we don't see many. I mean, Russell Wilson, of course, was traded in the offseason. But yeah, it's a rare. A couple of receivers were traded. Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, 
Uh, so, but you're right. That's, that's just not the way the, the NFL is. So th- that was a big trade. I woke up to it Friday, Friday morning to hear that, that news. I actually expected McCaffrey to do more yesterday. I, when they were I saying, know. oh, I have a limited package, I'm thinking, what are you talking about? Just have him go run to the right side or just know. You know, go, go out. Garoppolo, I think Garoppolo was in an interview and said, yeah, if McCaffrey doesn't know the play, I'll just tell him what to do in the huddle. Like, yeah. Yeah. Fine obviously. So, Give him so the I, I, I was a little surprised, but part of that was just a tough matchup where, you know, if they had a nice, easier opponent. To, you got to be on, you got to be, you got to bring your very best against Kansas City. If you want to win, you got to almost have to play a perfect game because Kansas yeah. City, they're rocking and rolling. Uh, they they played great um, yesterday against San Francisco. And I guess, you know, coming off their loss to the Bills, but that, yeah. those two teams, the Chiefs and the Bills, when they meet, it's, you know, who has the ball last type of thing. Um, yep. But give, you know, give the Bills credit for, for winning that one, that one last. But, uh, but yesterday, every day. Uh, and so, I kind of brought up this question earlier, and this is I'd love to hear from any Panthers fans that are listening. And just I think we'll we'll focus in on NFL in particular, but the idea that you want to see your team move up in the draft order—they're like, hey, don't try to win. You know, just we're we're actually more satisfied with losing so that we get a top pick. I am not one of those people. I want to see my team win and win as often as they can. And so here's what I'm convinced of today. I'm convinced the Panthers can still win the NFC South, and I want them to win the NFC South, even if that means winning seven games. That's what it takes. But that's that's more than Atlanta, New Orleans, and Tampa. If that means a division win, and that means that Steve Wilkes proves that he can be the head coach of this team, that he gets this team to rally a team that has question marks at quarterback and has backup running backs coming in, and both of them were great yesterday. Yeah. Um, if you can maximize this, uh, this roster that everybody else ruled out, um, I'm trying to make a tie in with Matt rule, but ruled out, um, <laughs> I'm all for it. I want to see it happen. I want to see them go on a run and whatever pick that ends up being, you could take a quarterback if, if you know, I think they'll need to, I, even though PJ Walker was nice yesterday, he's not the franchise quarterback moving forward and Baker and Sam Darnold are not either. Uh, <laughs> but I would like to see both of them with a different head coach. I would like to see that, but yeah. how many different head coaches do we need to see Baker with before we realize, all right, he's not the franchise guy. Uh, I feel like he's had plenty of head coaches, which is to yeah. his detriment and to uh, the argument of, ah, it doesn't matter who's coaching. He's kind of, he's still not, doesn't have, doesn't have all that it takes to be. Well, that, what do you, what do you think of your boy Wilkes? I mean, a lot of times coaches fired interim coach comes in. You know what? I'm going to stay out of the headlines. I'm just trying to make sure we don't die here. We're just trying to survive. Let's have a, a quiet ending to the season. Wilk comes in. He kicks Robbie Anderson out of the game. Now, I don't know much how, how much say Wilkes has with trades and all that, but McCaffrey's gone, and Robbie Anderson's kicked out of the game. He's traded. You go and beat Tampa Bay. You're 2-0 in the division. I mean, Wilkes, this is his team. I mean, this is this is impressive. He's making some noise immediately, which I feel like is quite uncommon for an interim coach to – be in the headlines this much like your your team is making noise every weekend now the panthers are the headline the last two weeks well it kind of reminds me of the dolphins a few years ago when they were actually blatantly tanking yet brian flores did such a great job with them and they were winning games 
and they didn't want him to win games. Yeah. And and so that you know these these interim coaches, all they care about is winning. If if you don't if you don't have any sort of uh, job security, like you're you're fighting for your job to keep this job or to get a head coaching job somewhere else. So you're yeah. absolutely all in. You're not you're not signing up for any sort of tanking. And so it's yeah. it's remarkable to think that you you trade your best player and then you win against the Bucks team that everybody expected to to you know be right there in the NFC again. Definitely the NFC South winners. Most people thought that. Not this show. Not this side of the show anyway. <laughs> but but that's what everybody thought. And so for that, that you know it's just one game and it is just one game, but I think it represented a lot. So um so that was cool. But anyway, I'm I'm convinced that actually the Panthers are better off winning now and developing this core foundation that they have with Brian Burns. It was a report that uh, they could have traded him for two first-round picks. No, keep Brian Burns. You know he's a proven defensive star that's that's only getting better. You keep him. You keep Jeremy Chin. You, you've now drafted a, a, a great left uh, tackle in, in Iquanu. So yep. you build this, this offense, and then whatever pick it is, you draft a quarterback – you can get guys in all different rounds of the draft, all different picks. It doesn't have to be a first round. It doesn't have to be the first overall pick. That's not what, that's not what this is. That's not how the NFL always works. Ask Detroit. They've got the number one pick, Jared Goff. Panthers have Baker Mayfield, number one pick. So I don't, I don't care about the number one pick. You don't, you don't have to be the worst team and, and do that. Um, and Peyton Manning's not walking through that door. And Andrew Luck's not walking through that door. So I don't care about that. So anyway, win now. <laughs> Create a culture of winning. I'd love to see Steve Wilkes as the guy. And then you can go into the draft and and wherever you land, you get you, you go find a guy. So that's where I'm I'm at. And I think it's proven too that you can win with a young quarterback. And so if you have this culture of winning and you have a good oh, yeah, line, no you doubt. have a good defense, and you you keep DJ Moore as a weapon at wide receiver, then you bring in a young quarterback and you can go to the Super Bowl. We we've oh, seen it. Yeah, young quarterback on a cheap deal, and you yes. just put tremendous talent around him. I mean, Russell Wilson, Seahawks, he's on his rookie deal, and they won a Super Bowl. But right. they're able to save so much money, and they're able to build a very good team around him. Dak's rookie year, yeah, tremendous talent around him because they can afford it. And now he's making tons of money, and it's you know you got to get rid of Mari Cooper, and it's just difficult when you pay your quarterback. Unless you pay a guy like Mahomes or Josh Allen, you know, it's just really hard. Quarterbacks, their worth is just so much. Unless they're a top three quarterback, yikes, is it worth it? It almost makes you worse because you have to you have to sacrifice talent elsewhere. So I don't know. I, 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 I overall agree with you. I want to win. However, I'm just so nervous. I, I get scared at the idea of teams getting stuck in mediocrity. Like the mm. Portland Trailblazers will never be good. None of them be great, and they'll never be bad. They're stuck forever, and that's that's so hard because they're always around the nine, eight, seven seed. It feels like, so they can't really get better. No one's going to go there. They're not going to sign any big names, nor are they going to tank and get a great draft pick. So they're kind of stuck. The NFL is different, but I don't know. Overall, I want to win. One more thing: you bring up a great point. Coaches can't tank. There's there's the goals of a GM and a coach are different. If you, a coach will never be part of tanking because he's always going to be the scapegoat and he's going to get fired. You yeah. can't, a coach can't go along with tanking or they're going to get fired. They have to win. A GM's yeah. fine tanking because their job security is way better. So yeah, 
as a coach, you got to try to win no matter what. That's right. So quick uh, comment from Josh, Panthers fan. He says, I want to see the team win, but I don't know. Oh, no, I can't read it. Unbelievable. I clicked on the wrong thing. Do we do we see Amateur it? There we hour. go. All right. Readers so uh, here we go. So how, how we become relevant without a franchise QB either. It seems like a lot of QBs who are elite today were not number one picks, so maybe we can have both. I believe winning is a mentality, and you don't get there uh, with tanking. So – um, no, that, that, that's exactly it. I, I don't think you have to go get the number one pick to get a franchise quarterback. The Chiefs didn't get Mahomes number one. The Bills didn't get Josh Allen number one. So, uh, yeah, if you win the division, yeah, you're in the middle of the rounds, but the Ravens have Lamar Jackson. He went late. Um, Aaron Rodgers went late. So, that, that, to me, there's enough examples of, of that. But you got to hit. You got to hit on the guy. But it seems like the Panthers have struck out enough. They're finally due, right? They got to get they got to get a guy at some point here. So, um, all right, that's those are my thoughts on the Panthers. We'd love to know your your thoughts as well. You can continue to leave your your comments. Uh, I know we have a lot of Panthers fans that, that listen to our show, and so a uh, little bit of optimism and hope today, which is fun. Uh, I do want to jump into unpack this topic today, and we'll talk a, a, about a number of other teams across the NFL and during. Our unpack this we take a sports story related to the body related to our own lives and this goes out through email monday wednesday friday uh you can subscribe to the devotional for free on our website unpackingit.com slash subscribe so a couple weeks ago i i wrote about we talked about on the show how every team in the nfl has a chance to win and and to kind of take it a step further you know each week Many games come down to the final moments, the last drive, and often the difference between win and a loss is slight. And, and we saw this this yesterday. And so although you know, there are many factors throughout any game, we usually can point to something specific that really makes a difference in a game. And, and so what were the differences yesterday? Well, I was, I was very intrigued by this Giants-Jaguars game. So I was, I was rooting for Jags, uh, had Trevor Lawrence in fantasy, wanted them to get the win uh, to stop the New York hype. We'll, we'll hear from Henry later. His Giants are, are loving life. But what was the difference? Well, it was a defensive stop by New York. I mean, Jacksonville was about to score. They get down to like a one or two yard line right there to get into the end zone with a chance to win it. And, and the Giants held on to that 23 to 17 win. Uh, the difference between the Baltimore-Cleveland game, that was a tight game, and once again for Cleveland, the difference is a missed field goal. <laughs> they blew it again. It's unbelievable. And then Washington-Green Bay, you were saying Green Bay didn't have uh, much of a shot. Um, they did pull, you know, they, they, they came came back to a certain extent, had a chance again. But uh, really, the difference in this, this game, it was the inability to, to run the ball. The Packers could not run the ball. They finished with 38 rushing yards. Aaron Jones, 2.9 a carry. A.J. Dillon, 3.8 a carry. These are elite running backs, but they're not playing like it. The Packers aren't playing like it. That was the difference. Um, and then the, uh, the Titans, they beat the Colts again. You know that I had the Colts. I'm on the Colts bandwagon. The difference in this game, it was the interception thrown by Matt Ryan that got returned for a touchdown. So it was a pick six. Uh, Andrew Adams and and you know it was a 19-10 game, but that's a that's a momentum shifter. That's the difference in that game. And so I'm thankful the Colts made the quarterback change. Uh, but that that's a, that's another story. But I I, I think they needed a, a spark offense, 
and, and let's get more more than 10 carries for Jonathan Taylor uh, and that Colts <laughs> might get back to some some winning. Um, so it, it, any of those games you want to you want to mention? Well, I just, to double down on the Giants, every single one of their games all season has been one score and they're That's six right. and one. Every single one of their games, one score. So it's it's fascinating. It's coming down to the wire for every Giants game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yesterday was weird because teams are not used to winning or winning. Teams are not used to losing or losing. But yet they're still close games. So at the end of the day, it's still exciting. But it, it's just yeah. weird. It's like, wait, wait, what am I watching? What what NFL world are we in? Kaz commented, Bills, Giants, and Jets are 16-4 and four combined this season. Are you kidding me? Still Remarkable. close games. It's just different teams are winning. It's it, that's it's, right. It's incredible. So in in general, you know, the difference between the teams that win and lose comes down to to these main factors, right? Which one overcomes injuries? Which team protects and guards their quarterback? Which team has fewer turnovers? And which team's defense holds strong during their opponent's pivotal drives? And, and so the consistently great teams are the ones that understand these things make a difference and then they execute what is necessary to separate themselves in order to win. And so, you know, you mentioned the giants, they've turned the corner. They get those defensive stops. Now they, they, they get those key, you know, third downs. And, and so they understand the, the difference uh, and what they it run takes the ball down the stretch yeah. yesterday. They, they were putting the game away, running the ball and Daniel Jones making smart football decisions. <laughs> Absolutely. So when we parallel this to our own lives, which is what we like to do here at Unpacking It, is we must understand what leads to being consistently great and allows us to execute living a life that is different and set apart from how the world operates. And so as followers of Jesus, the difference is we have the power of the Holy Spirit within us which enables us to have the strength and the wisdom we need to live differently. That's the difference. And, and so Paul writes in Galatians 5.16, this is the amplified, walk habitually in the Holy Spirit, seek him and be responsive to his guidance, and then you will certainly not carry out the desires of the sinful nature, which responds impulsively without regard for God and his precepts. And so there is a clear difference in our lives when we yield to the Holy Spirit, submit to God, and follow Jesus. James 4, 7 tells us to submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Jesus says, says in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. And dare I say, leads to winning, right? That's the winning life with Jesus. And so knowing and following Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit, is what makes the difference in our lives as he helps us overcome injuries, guard our hearts, have fewer turnovers, and have a defense that holds firm against the opponent's pivotal drives, the attacks that, that come our way. And so, again, there's a clear difference between following Jesus and following the ways of the world. And so let's praise him that in him and because of him, we win. And the difference that he makes in our lives is immense. And we stand out because we have peace and joy and hope while the world is losing with worry, fear, and distractions. And so in uh, Philippians, it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. 
Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And, and so we can pray what it says in Psalm 119, 37. This is the Amplified. Turn my eyes away from vanity, all those worldly, meaningless things that distract. Let your priorities be mine and restore me with renewed energy in your ways. And so if we want to live a different life in, 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 in you know, the way of, of Jesus, then we must yield to the Holy Spirit. And, 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 and as we you know, kind of evaluate our, our lives, does our life look different? And, and can people say, wow, the difference, the, what's different about him? Well, the difference is my, my life has been transformed by Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit lives within me. And so when I approach situations and face tough decisions, the difference is in those, in those moments and circumstances, I, I rely on, on my creator and, the, and my, my heavenly father and, and, and Jesus who saved me. Um, and so that's the difference. That's the difference between winning and losing in this life and the next. Jesus is the difference. And so that's the encouragement for us today. And, and so Luke, as we, as we bring him back on, uh, when you think about you know, the difference that Jesus has made in, in your life and, and just that, that difference that's evident um, between people that are really following Jesus and and that those are and those people that are just kind of you know sucked up in the world, um, what what uh, what jumps out to you? Yeah, two things. One, it just hearing you say all this doesn't it make sense that if you have the Holy Spirit, if you're a Christian, genuine Christian, you have the Holy Spirit, you will follow Jesus. And we've talked about this before. Christianity is. Yes, it's it's by faith, it's not by works, but it's following Jesus. And the encouragement is we're assured that we will be able to because we have the Holy Spirit residing in us. We are assured that we will be able to conquer the sin patterns in our life. We will be able to obtain joy amidst hardships, amidst suffering, amidst persecution. We are assured that resurrection that we've been given the Holy Spirit, that promise, and that continues to give us assurance that when we die in the body, we will be resurrected and be with God forever. And so that's what I find encouraging, that when I feel hopeless in a certain sin pattern, when I feel hopeless in a really difficult time, I have to be reminded and encouraged that, you know what? God's given me the Holy Spirit. Therefore, I have God residing in me, God empowering me by his grace, by the power of his spirit to follow him, to remain faithful, to have an eternal perspective on things. Um, now, of course, it doesn't mean, oh, yeah, I'm assured that life's going to be easy. No, I have assurance that I'm going to be able to conquer. I'm going to be able to persevere. I, um, Hebrews 12 is a huge, uh, Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 is basically kind of our marriage verse, Madeline and I, and it talks about run the race marked out for you with perseverance, fixing your eyes on Jesus. You know what? I mean, the way we're able to run the race is fixing our eyes on Jesus, who promises the Holy Spirit, empowering us to endure. So I just find that encouraging that I don't have to rely on my own strength because the promise of the Holy Spirit is real to all of those who call in the name of Jesus. Amen.
Amen. And so then, yeah, I mean, our lives are going to look different. And, and so he makes the difference in our lives. So our marriages are going to look different. Our you know, role as, as parents, it's going to look different and, because we got the, the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to be more patient. We're going to have grace yeah. in, in our marriage and, and as parents uh, when we are yielding to, to the Spirit. And, 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 and the fruit will be evident. There, there's no question about it. And, and so, um, you know, those, those uh, like we talk about these tight games where there's a difference, there's a difference maker uh, in, in, in what uh, a team that won and a team that lost. And, and, and in life, if we want to, you know, continue to have those wins, so to speak, it, it's, it's relying on the power of the Holy Spirit um, that enables us to, to, to get the wins and, um, and continue to, yeah, make, you know, make the most of this life, but ultimately, we have eternal life to, to look out for and, and to look forward to and uh, view, view these circumstances through that lens as well, like you said, Luke. So um, so there you go. That, uh, that's today's Unpack This uh, devotional. And if you'd like to read it, uh, make sure you subscribe on our website, unpackingit.com slash subscribe. There will be a prayer, some questions uh, to consider as well. So check that out. So uh, – Still a lot to, uh, to, to discuss here on the show. We'll, we'll do tap drill coming up with Henry. Uh, a couple fun things we'll have to talk about. Uh, uh, Jonah Hill, John Daly, uh, former Villanova coach, Jay Wright. Uh, first week in the NBA. So we'll get to some of that. Uh, but as far as yesterday in the NFL, what other uh, big takeaways? What are you convinced of? Would love to hear uh, from those of you listening live. You can leave your comments. Uh, anywhere uh, you're watching right now, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, we'll try to read some of those those comments. Uh, but as far as the uh, the Cowboys, Luke, getting Dak Prescott back, uh, that, of course, was a big deal. And a couple shows ago, I was all in on the Cooper Rush bandwagon. Basically, my take was you got to play Rush until he loses, which is kind of what the Panthers are doing with P.J. Walker. He got the win. All right, we'll roll him out again next week. Probably be a short leash. Uh, but anyway, the, the Rush loses. They're able to put Dak in there. And so Dak takes over. Uh, and so how did you feel kind of he looked and, and this this team is moving forward? Yeah, I have a more uh, not as excited perspective as a Cowboys fan. Um, I, my opinion on the Cowboys hasn't really changed. I, in one sense, you know, it was Dak's first game back. He missed five games, six, five games. So he's going to be rusty. I mean, he couldn't even throw a football for a month. So He's going to be rusty. It was a, a ugly first half. He improved in the second half. Nothing special, nothing horrendous. Um, it's very clear this Cowboys team run, runs by the defense. The reality is, yes, Dak missed five games, and he's going to be rusty. But this was a real game against the Lions, who have, prior to the Cowboys game, given up no less than 29 points in a game this season. Every game, their defense has given up at least 29 points, and the Cowboys had 10 points in the fourth quarter. 10 points. And if not for a fumble on the one-yard line by Jamal Williams, his first fumble of his career, Detroit would have been up 13-10 in the fourth quarter. He fumbles, Cowboys go down, and they score. But it was ugly. Yes, we got the win. Cowboys defense forced five turnovers in the second half, which is unbelievable. But this offense is a long way to go. So I, I, I just, yes, I give, I, I understand Dak missed time. But you can't only have 10 points in the fourth quarter on Detroit. 
who gives up points for free. They just dish out points. You want to score? Please come score. You want to score? Oh, yeah, come this way. So I don't know. I have a more pessimistic spin on it. A lot, a lot to work. But Cowboys have one of the easiest schedules in the NFL, so we're fine. Yes, but the NFC East continues to, to be tough. Uh, you know, Eagles had a bye. Uh, but Washington, you know, beating Green Bay. And T- Taylor Heine is one of those fun quarterbacks that you can't help but, but root for. Yep. And he, he's Ryan Fitzpatrick mold, where you don't always know, wait, if they won, how? how? And, and for a long time, Heineke was not playing great, but then he kind of started looking good, found a few times, got in the end zone, and and had an impressive you know finish and, and to get that win because things were unraveling in Washington. But you know, fascinating to to see Heineke back in the mix because uh, you know the last couple of years he he's had opportunities. Um, kind of reminds me of a guy like we can't forget about Gardner Minshew. I'm still waiting for the Gardner Minshew moment. I don't know if it'll happen this year in Philadelphia or it'll ultimately yeah. happen on another team. Uh, but there are some quarterbacks that they just sort of hang around. They, you don't necessarily hand over the reins to them. But when they get that opportunity, they can surprise you. They can find ways to win. And Taylor Heineke is one of those guys. And as much yeah. as I dislike the commandos, I like Heineke. I really do. <laughs> so I've got two Big games thing. that I want to ask you about. The first game, the Jets beat the Broncos, but they lose Brees Hall. Jets are five and two. Oh. However, I think it's a very overrated five and two. Have they really beaten anyone? Ugh, I don't know. So I want to know your thoughts about that. And then secondly, the Chargers in danger. The Seahawks have been impressive, and they're they're they haven't lost against the AFC West. But the Chargers, I mean, arguably the most talented team in the NFL, not getting it done every week. I just don't understand. We, we know, we talk about this all the time, the, the importance of head coaches and especially where the head coach and the quarterback are in sync and enrolling, and it seems like something's not working with the Chargers. And I wanted it to work with Staley because I love the aggressive approach, but it just seems like they're not living up to the talent on that roster. And we talked a couple weeks ago, it's, you know, the offensive line is the other thing. Like, you got to have a good offensive line. Some of these teams that are struggling, you know, Green Bay can't run the ball that well because they got issues on the offensive line. The Bucs, they're struggling because they don't have a good offensive line. And I think that's that's partly true with the Chargers as well. And you know, now Mike Williams is out. So they've had they've had the injury bug, no question. But when you watch other teams across the league getting wins, the Chargers at home against the Seattle Seahawks should not lose that game. There's, yeah. I, 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 I just don't understand it. So with Geno Smith on one side, you got Justin Herbert on the other. I'm taking Justin Herbert every time. Yet they lose pretty convincingly. They lose by 14, but it was not it was not pretty for the Chargers. Yeah, and Eckler still, you know, Eckler always that's my boy. I love Eckler, but um, even the defense for the Chargers was supposed to be tough. Yeah, you know, they trade for uh, Khalil Mack, and you have Bosa, and you're giving up 37. Derwin to James. Seattle. I mean, come on. It, it it's nuts. Um, so and then in, in staying in the AFC West. You know, Las Vegas, they come off the bye. They get a convincing win. It always helps when you get to play Houston. You know, it's always a good confident booster. It's given it's given a couple teams this year sort of that yeah. that nice confident booster. Like, oh, all right, yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be okay. 38 <laughs> points against Houston. The good news for Vegas is they're running the ball so well with Josh Jacobs. And yeah. and so he's you know, this is a new coaching staff that's maximizing 
his talent. And, and so if you take some of the pressure off a of car, um, so I, I'm the jury's still out with Vegas. I, I got to see a little bit more with them. Uh, but like we said a couple weeks ago, Denver's done. Like we don't even, I don't care if Wilson's out there. He's not out there. Denver is to me in that Tampa Bay realm where they're not going to be able to figure it out. It's just going to be a brutal season for them. It's just, yeah. So I was, I was reading on the athletic, some Denver beat writers. Cause I'm like trying to get a pulse. Okay. What's the temperature in Denver right now? And I mean, it, it, it's in the conversation that Hackett could get fired this year. And in, in, the, in the season. Yeah. In the season, which are you kidding me? How is that real? Going into the season, the unbelievable hype, deservingly so. But goodness gracious, I mean, it's if you want to talk about a riff in the locker room, can you imagine how much the defense hates the offense in Denver right now? Denver defense yeah. has been great. They're, they are keeping the they're they are keeping the Broncos in games, and the Broncos they can't do anything. They can't do anything. It's so perplexing. Well, you you mentioned defenses. I mean, think about how frustrated Indy is because Indy actually did great against Tennessee. You know, yeah. they they scored one touchdown. It was from defense. Yes. Yep. And and same with um, uh, even the Panther. I mean, the Panthers' defense ha- has been great this this year. Uh, but yep. then they're on the field the, the whole time. So yeah, Denver's frustrated. No question about that. And then. Um, Let's see, what other defense is really good? Yeah, I mean, those are kind of the, the main ones where the offense isn't living up to the to the help there. Um, well, you figure uh Cleveland Browns defense, they're they're playing pretty well. I mean, they they limited Lamar Jackson. He didn't have a big day. Yeah. Uh they only gave you know gave up 23 points, yet that offense just yeah, you know, they're waiting on Deshaun Watson. But the problem is it's just gonna be too late. It's just it, it, he's not gonna be able to salvage the the season. And so this is a lost year for for Cleveland which is a bummer because everybody looked at that roster in the offseason and they're thinking, man, this team is good. They're loaded across well, the board. The, for the past four years, we've been saying that, right? Like the yeah. Browns actually have some talent. They've really filled out this roster. Is it just... Them and the Colts. Yeah. Maybe it's just not in the cards. Especially not for the happening. Browns. It's just not in the cards ever. I mean, it's been decades. Oh, it's, oh. To be a Browns fan, I, I've never met one. But I really want to. You've never, I'm, you've never met a Browns fan? Oh, never. Never. They must all live fan. in Charlotte. I know more Browns fans than any other fan base. I, I think Charlotte is just, if you are a fan base other than Charlotte teams, please come live here. Because you said you got Eagles fans. Oh, yeah. I, there were tons of Niners fans, fans la, uh, at last game in Charlotte, yep. apparently. And yep. now <laughs> Cleveland fans. Yeah, Everyone's moving there. Dallas, right. oh, there's, I, yeah, I've never met a Browns fan. Yeah, that's fascinating. Wow. That's uh, yeah. I mean, I know so many. Yeah. But anyway, I've got a friend in uh, Thailand. He's actually moving back. Sent me a message this morning. So he's uh, unpacking its supporters. So glad to have him back in Charlotte, but he's a Browns fan. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So, uh, man, a wild weekend. Uh, again, the big takeaway for me, it's these random quarterbacks that are that are winning. Surprising quarterbacks, quarterbacks that I wrote off uh, the guys that I trust and count on. The Justin Herberts, the Aaron Rodgers, it's not happening. Uh, I, I jumped off the... But these other quarterbacks are benefiting from other factors. Like Zach Wilson, he's barely he's barely eclipsing the century mark in passing yards. But 
prior to Brees Hall injury. Great running game. They're getting the job done. Tannehill's benefiting from defensive touchdowns. So, I mean, the Cowboys have been benefiting from a great defense. It's We have not seen quarterbacks winning games like putting a team on their back outside of Mahomes and Josh Allen. It feels like less less than normal in Lamar early, but well, they weren't necessarily getting – Ravens are interesting. But it just feels weird. It feels like a quarterback drought putting teams on their back, So, which means the playoffs are going to be fascinating. Wide open. Going into the, going yeah. into the playoffs, it's like, okay, who has the best quarterback? I mean, but yikes. I, I, I don't know. Does, is that as important? Other phases of the game seem to be really important if you don't have Allen or Mahomes. So that's it. Those are the only two locks at this point. I'm I'm even more confident. I'm even more confident. Whoever comes out of the AFC is winning the Super Bowl. I mean, come on. Who is the NFC going to put forward to try to to try to knock off the Bills or the Chiefs? Your Vikings are a very quiet five and one. Fair. I know. I'm I'm trying to keep it quiet. Trying to keep it quiet. Getting no love. I know. So that's yeah. They're they're right there. And then. I will not be surprised if the Rams and or the 49ers go on a significant run, you know, win four or five games in a row. Yeah. And, they've got the and, talent and for sure. a little bit better. So both those teams, no doubt. Um, and then, you know, the giants, they continue to just find ways to win. It's not always dominant, but they are, they are winning games. And, and so uh, I think we got to start, start giving them a little bit more, a little bit more love and credit. But with that said, Let's uh let's jump into a little tap drill. We got some fun topics to uh to tap around today with Henry Bienname. Uh and and so Henry, how you doing? Uh you're loving life with the with the Giants. But uh jump jump on in, man. What's going on, boys? Uh it's kind of like we're we're in kind of like new territory, so to speak. It's like the Giants are six and one, and we're like, how? How exactly yeah. is this happening? I'm like this is this this is it's mind boggling. Simple the, football. The same, Give the, the ball same to quarter. your best player. Give the ball and, to your best and, player. And the two best players on the Giants right now are oddly enough Saquon Barkley who everybody wrote off and Daniel Jones who was an afterthought. It's like and and it's like and then they got the defense. Wink Martindale, I don't know what these coaches are doing to these guys, but they're on a as as the as the song goes. They're on a wing and a prayer, going six and one, and then they got Seattle coming up. They have Houston coming up, and they have the Colts coming up. Who, by the way, I don't know if you guys found out, they just benched Matt Ryan for the rest That's of the season. Yes. Well. I don't know about the rest. Of, I mean, we'll see. Well, to me, that's going to be a, a fluid situation. The Colts are a little bit desperate, but they've got too many weapons on offense to be this bad offensively. <laughs> yeah. So you got to try something. But I was calling for Nick Foles. I, I'm. It's beyond me. We we keep asking all these questions. We're just so befuddled in so many ways across the NFL. But for me to think Nick Foles won a Super Bowl a few years ago, MVP. and he can't even get, and he, MVP of the Super Bowl. And he can't even get in the mix for a struggling offense here. That you, you were telling me, uh, he Nick Foles can't get in there and find Michael Pittman, find Alec Pierce. I, we need so. we need an investigative reporter to do a deep dive into that because it is. It feels like he's going to have a thirty for thirty or some type of documentary because it's it's mind blowing. 
to win a Super Bowl MVP. Then he goes to Jacksonville to be the guy, right? It doesn't work week. out. Then oh, he got hurt. Then he's a third string in Chicago. And then now Ellinger's getting the nod before Foles. I mean, Nick Foles is a good quarterback, right? I, it's wrong, confusing. I guess. I, I don't know. Because we also don't hear anything. There's no chatter about him. It's like, well, is, I, is he there? I, I know. It's bizarre. And him and Frank Reich, of course, won a Super Bowl together. So you'd think Reich yep. would trust him. I know. I, so, but, but apparently they want Ellinger because he can run the ball. Like he can, he can move in the pocket, and this offensive yeah. line is letting the Colts down. Which they are so desperate. We need something new. That might help them out. Yeah. So, all right, Henry, what's the question? Go ahead. All right, boys. Let's go actually to a sport that we really don't talk about very often, baseball. Now that the World Series is set and the Yankees got the broom in the Bronx, and that's a that's a whole other fascinating story to talk about another time. The World Series matchup is set up. How do you feel about the Astros making it to the World Series after all of the drama for the fourth time in six years against the Phillies, no doubt? All right. So admittedly, I don't follow baseball real closely. But the World Series is always fascinating. And, and to me, this, this matchup, just from a – I always like to look at it from a rooting standpoint first. And to me, you have to root against Houston just based on the, on the cheating scandal. So, so has there ever been a team that, like, just the average fan, like we can all agree on, oh, yeah, we're rooting against Houston. But then our answer is Philly? Wait, we all have to root for Philly? No, we can't do that. Listen, I got family up there. I've already gotten the text from all my family members. Say, oh, the Phillies are back. The Phillies are back. So I'm having to put up with that. So do I want them to win a, a, another you know, a championship in Philly? Um, you know, I, I don't know. We, That's we, actually we, we, we a great point. A few years ago. Outside of in, – in sports history, the past 10 years, has there been a matchup to where if you're not a fan of the team, you have no one to root for. I don't know, because that's a great point. Now, I'm a Dallas guy. I I hate the Astros. All things Houston. Despise it. Dalton comments. Cheaters. Absolutely. So here's the thing. <laughs> you can't root for them. And they've been, this is now their fourth World Series appearance in six years. Very impressive. Unfortunately... I think their dynasty, which it is a dynasty, is going to be tainted forever because of the cheating scandal, which is unfortunate for sports fans because they have a dynasty and they're incredible. I can't root for them, though. But then as a Dallas guy, to your point, can I root for Philly? Oh, I, it's, it's tough. I'm in a catch-22, but I have to err on the side of rooting against Houston. All things Houston, I just can't do it. I'm going to go Phillies too. And I, I do like Bryce Harper. So I'm, I'm happy for him. It and, would be nice to see him out for him. Nice to see him get a championship. Big home run well, the other night. So, well, me personally, I I'm not, I'll be perfectly honest with you guys. I'm not even too sure if I'm even going to watch the world series because again, all of your points about the Astros are valid. And as a Mets fan, I'm not rooting for the Phillies. Sorry. I'm yeah, not rooting for the Phillies, fair. not rooting for Bryce Harper. No. I, you're not gonna get me. Nor on under if, if if it was the Dodgers, maybe the Dodgers. But as a as a Mets fan, no, not not. Happening. I'm curious Sorry. what ratings are gonna be. Like, is this gonna be a ratings yeah. disaster? Like, it's only loc of local interest, right? It's just gonna be total so, local interest. That's actually a good yeah. point well, because had. 
Go ahead, Will. Go ahead, Bresh. Well, no, I mean, I think the other thing, just as as we talk about all the time on this show, because we are sports fans, and I know for for me, I'm trying to balance being a dad and a friend and work and all, and try to watch games. Where does baseball fit into this? Like yesterday, you know, there's a, I'm not I'm not even baseball is so far off my radar on a. I'm all in on NFL on Sunday. I mean, there's zero room for it, and so there was a big game yesterday like, in baseball, and I'm like, are you kidding me? So. I just don't know. I'm always baffled that, that that Major League Baseball tries to fight with football in the fall. Like, at least play on Tuesday and Wednesday nights. I mean, I, I just, so for, when you're asking about ratings, I, I just don't get it. And then the NBA is trying to start in the middle of all this, too, which I've been intrigued. I've been watching a little bit here or there. But other than Tuesday or Wednesday nights, forget about it. I got football on. So maybe on the second or third TV, but it's, it's tight. I even watched a movie last night. So, uh, so that's that's what I'm that's what I'm uh, my challenge. Is anyway. baseball in danger of being demoted from the big 4 of the big 4 sports? Like of all the big 4, hockey, NBA, football, baseball. Baseball's arguably mostly for absolute diehards. Like does the common sports fan hockey. tune in? I would think hockey. Ho- hockey to me gets very few fringe Fans. At least in the South. At least in the South. Up North, I bet it's different. I, I feel like there's more hockey craze, Henry, in the Northeast. In the Northeast, there is, but but um, but I I'm along with uh, with Bryce on this one. If you like hockey, then you like the NHL. If you're uh if you're an average fan, out of all of the sports, you're not really gonna turn to the ESPN to watch a hockey game. I mean, that's See Jerry just... Melrose tell you sports center, what, what the games hap- <laughs> how the games happened because like, no, what with the baseball, but baseball does have some stars, especially in the last couple of years. They're, they're, you know, the Padres yeah. I thought were real interesting with all their stars. Now that Houston's been around, we know some of those names. And of course, Bryce right. Harper's as big as anybody. So I, but when you turn on hockey, I, I'm not sure there are enough <laughs> household names by any means, at least Bryce Harper. I mean, he's been a household name for a long time, I think. Yeah. Since he was um, 17 years old. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sports right. And, Illustrated. I remember all that. Yeah. And then when Aaron Judge went on his home run chase, everybody knew who Aaron Judge was, and you and oh, yeah. you, he was he was playing for history. So you tuned in to see what was going to happen next. Baseball now that needed the Yan- that. And now that the Yankees got swept out of the playoffs, that the to um, Luke's point that I, I can see that the ratings take a tank because. Ultimately, baseball is kind of a regional sport. Unless you're rooting for your team, you really don't have much of an interest. It's going to be tough. It's Again, the competition. There's so much going on right now. A lot, lot of action. And the NFL is competitive as it is, like we were talking about earlier. I mean, we're getting close games. It's wide open. Every team still alive. Are you telling me my Panthers trade everybody away and they're still alive to win the division? <laughs> I'm intrigued. Let's go. All right, next question. All right. Um, I don't know if you guys heard this report. I saw the video about it, and it looks really bad. Uh, after the Tampa Bay Panthers game, a referee appears to go to Mike Evans and asks for an autograph. Now, if I'm if I understand, and you guys would know better than me, it's in the contract that you're not supposed to do that type of thing. So they they were asking Mike Evans, not Tom Brady. That's who they were trying to get yeah. an autograph from. They were get they were getting oh, an autograph. 
Uh, I was going to try so to justify. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, maybe Brady, it's like your last time refing him, maybe. But no, you can't be doing this. There, there's got to be a separation. Now, if if when a player retires, of course, that's that's a, a totally different story. But right after a game, no, the refs cannot. You're still in the pitch. official uniform. You can't. No. He's, they're in the tunnel. Bad. They're in Bad. the tunnel after the game. Uh, Mike Evans, it looks like the guy that they're asking for is Mike Evans. He still has his helmet in his hand, his pads on. The referee is still in his uniform, and he's asking for an autograph. Now, I don't know what's going to happen to this to this referee because it's in their contract. They're not supposed to do that type of thing. But how bad of a look is this? Really bad. Now, if it's one thing, if you are a ref and you're you know doing a fundraiser for a children's hospital and you need a, an autograph for a silent auction item, but okay, not at I'll, that I'll moment. Give, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But yeah, you send a letter or a phone call. <laughs> you do not do that in the tunnel where there could be any sort of questioning. <laughs> so there, to me, there's no excuse. These guys, they gotta, they gotta be in trouble for that one. Yeah. All right. Oh. Give, give us the All next right, one, guys. Henry. Next topic. And to your favorite topic, we're gonna go to the we're going to go to golf. And Jonah Hill is going to play ever-loving John Daly in an upcoming movie. What do you think wow. about the casting of John of uh, Jonah Hill as John Daly? I, I I like it. I mean, I, I thought Jonah Hill was, you know, he was great in Moneyball and, and so can, you know, take on a, a, a character. And um, the problem for me is I'm afraid this movie will be on the raunchy side. So John Daly's life is along those lines. So it may not be viewable uh, in the Johnson household, but um. But the the when I saw this Jonah Hill playing John Daly, I go, yeah, that, that makes sense. That's pretty good. And I'm sure it's an intriguing, you know, John Daly's life and story is very intriguing. And and you know, he's been a, a very successful golfer, and he did it a, a much different way than most. And his style and personality uh, stood out. So yeah, definitely worth making a movie about him. Just not sure uh, how uplifting it'll be. The uh, <laughs> the IMDb Parents Guide will have to be consulted. Uh, prior right. to viewership absolutely yeah, fascinating uh yeah i don't know I, this i had no idea about this i'm still processing they were getting a biopic on john daly's life and jonah hill's involved it's uh it's interesting it, may, it makes sense next one henry for mature audiences only is going to be the label on that thing now we're going we're going to college basketball and we got college basketball coming up and Go. one of our Go favorite coaches one of our favorite coaches, Jay Wright, is not going to be involved on the court, but he's going to be involved in the booth as an analyst for CBS. Now, me personally, I'm trying to wonder why nobody in the NBA has taken a flyer on this guy. So what you guys thinking about Jay Wright going to the to the broadcast booth? You know, as far as Jay Wright, I wouldn't be surprised if he does coach again. But at the same time, he's going to step into in front of the TV and he's going to be a legend. He'll be one of the great TV guys that, that we've seen. I, I really believe that. I think he's got the personality. He's likable. Uh, of course, he knows the game. Um, he'll look good on TV. He's the perfect fit. Now, you know, I'm, I'm hoping Dick Vitale hangs on as long as he can. And, you know, of course, we, we love uh, I love the crew on, on CBS with, you know, Clark Kellogg and Barkley yeah, and Tim Smith. Yeah. But but there is a spot for Jay Wright. You better believe it. However they fit him in throughout March Madness, that's awesome. That's great news. I'm, I'm celebrating that. So two comments. One, I don't think he wants to go to the NBA after all the college coaches saw John Beeline crash and burn in Cleveland. 
I think uh, yeah. they're a little more hesitant to make that jump. And two, Bryce, you're just excited because you get Jay Wright in a suit again. He's going to be back yeah, with his back. suit and his vest. <laughs> Even though I'm going to be calling for him to wear the quarter zip to make a statement on the broadcast team. But he's going to be in a suit again. So even if he crashes and burns with analysis, you get no. the visual appeal is there. That's right. Jay Wright should be in a suit. That's a good point. Him wearing those little jumpsuits. Get out of here with that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. You got one more, Henry? Got you. Got one more. Let's go to the NBA. And with all the stuff that's going on within the first week, the NBA is finally back. And with all of the storylines, the Golden State Warriors coming back to defend the title amid drama, the Lakers starting 0-3, nobody in the Lakers can buy a jump shot. The Brooklyn Nets, what in Jesus' name is going to happen with these guys? So after, with, uh, after one week of the NBA, what are your biggest storyline or takeaways or what are you looking forward to for this upcoming season? Man, so the big one for me, seeing Zion Williamson out on the floor has been fantastic. Then, of course, last night he got a little banged up, but just saw that he's questionable. So he's not out. It's just a, you know, a hip injury. Uh, but I, if you guys remember last year, I, I, I stuck by Zion, and I just didn't believe that narrative that Zion doesn't want to play or Zion's trying to get traded. The guy loves basketball. He, he's there in New Orleans. They've got a nice team. CJ McCollum and, and Brandon Ingram and other role players around those three, they are a competitive team. And, and if healthy, that's the story with Zion, if healthy. But he looks in better shape. Um, so some of those questions, I think, can go away. But, but he's still injury prone. There, there's, I mean, that's, that's part of the that, – that narrative is true, unfortunately. Um, but, man, when he's out there, there there's, he's the most fun player to watch right now. I love watching him. Um, so so that's, my, that's my most intriguing. My takeaway is – we have finally, we are finally in a pattern in the NBA where we have withstood LeBron ruining the NBA for a handful of years. And now we're back to, and now we're back again, and he's getting payback. There's so much parody going into when LeBron went to Miami. Every season going into the season, it's like, okay, we know who's going to the finals. We probably know who's winning the finals. Now, I have no idea. There's four or five teams in the East who are, are going to beat each other up. The West is loaded. Like, there's just so much more parity where there's actually good teams built. The Pelicans are great. I mean, there's so many good teams, and LeBron's getting his payback. He lost to my Mavs in 2011, trying to ruin the NBA. Then he got <laughs> his success, and now he's wasting away in Los Angeles, and they're a disaster, and he deserves it because the NBA, oh, was, was, on, the NBA was worse. It was way worse. I could think of worse places to waste away than in L.A. Oh, L well, I'm, I'm no, team I'm, L.A. I've been to L.A. It's horrific. Um, the, NBA, the NBA wants L.A. to be great. I want L.A. to be great. I want LeBron, LeBron to be in the mix. This, this struggling Lakers storyline, I'm already tired of it. And so hopefully they can pull off a, a, a deal. I was reading today, Spurs, Pacers, even my Hornets could end up taking on Russell Westbrook. So. Uh, so we'll see, we'll see what happens, but it's clearly not working with Westbrook. So there's no getting around that <laughs> until they make that change. They're, they're going to be floundering. Uh, but I, you know, they might even have to bench him. It's, he just doesn't fit. It just doesn't work. So stop trying to make it work. It's not, it's not happening. Oh. Not on the same page. They don't click. It, NBA is in good hands. It feels Squ good. Square so peg good meet round hole. 
That's right. Absolutely. All right, Luke, Henry, great show. Appreciate you guys. Another fun one. Glad to be back today. Thanks, everybody, listening and jumping in on the chat today. Good stuff. Uh, Dalton and Shannon and Kaz and Mr. Hollyway's Neighborhood. We got a lot of good stuff. So there you go. Shout out to some of our listeners today. All of you listening to the podcast later. Love hearing from you. You can email me, Bryce, at unpackingit.com. Go Panthers. Have a great rest of your week. I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Our lives are different because of the Holy Spirit that lives within us. So let's tap into that power. Let's yield to the Holy Spirit and live different lives. Jesus changes things. He transforms us. And so uh, let's continue to follow him each day. Have a good one. Thanks for listening. This has been the Unpacking It podcast presented by MediShare. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.